Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Filmmaker Charlie Terrell seeks to better understand his emotionally distant late father, through the personal belongings he left behind, including a stack of VHS dirty movies. And that is the premise behind this terrific short doc. It's called My Dead Dad's Porno Tapes. It's fun. It is inventive. It is a very interesting watch. And we're lucky to have with us today the director of My Dead Dad's Porno Tapes, Charlie Terrell. Charlie, welcome to film school. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad you're here. And a lot of us who've lost a, someone very close to us, a family member, uh, there is this kind of sense of, you know, as well as you know them, is there, is there more to their life? Are there things about their life I don't understand why they were the way they were, good and bad? And this is a film that, in my opinion, sort of plays on that idea that, uh, that someone is close to you as your father, your own father, who... Uh, you just really don't quite understand because you don't understand where they came from. And in order to that, to understand who they are, that's usually a big part of understanding someone and getting to really to the root of who they were. This is that film. Tell me what prompted you to want to do this sort of deep dive into the life of your of your dad. Well, it was a lot of different things, a lot of different factors. I mean, as anyone who's lost someone close to them is probably aware, there's, there is a void. There is a part of your life where they used to be that they no longer are. So they're constantly in thought. And with that, there's kind of constant reflection on them and curiosity about who they were and, you know, where they would have played in your life today. Um, so for me, you know, I'm now 30 and my dad died 10 years ago and he kind of, passed away right at the age when I was the age, sorry, you know, when our relationship would have evolved into being fellow adults rather than, you know, kid and dad. So, you know, my dad dealt with a lot of stresses in his life. And I think with that, you know, in, even just in his job and in, in his life, um, that, you know, for me as a teenager, it kind of made us hard to relate to each other. So, my brother's six years older than me. I kind of witnessed as he became an adult that their relationship changed and they got closer. So I was kind of on deck for that. And then, of course, he died and I felt a little robbed. You know, I never got to know my dad as a fellow adult and all that stuff and have that new relationship with him. So there's always been kind of a greater gap because of that for me. And with that and just with, you know, my career as a filmmaker, you know, all the factors kind kind of came into play where I kept thinking about him, kept thinking maybe the best way for me to get this out of my system is to make a film on him. And then the porno tape showed up one day when my mom found them cleaning up the basement. And, you know, my instinct was just don't throw those out. I'll use them one day. I don't know what for, but just don't throw those in the trash. And then went home and kind of got them and we all had a laugh together and then they sat and you know, kind of in my apartment for years before they evolved into what would become this film. Yeah, and without giving too much about away about the film, they are they're kind of the 
cracking the door open, if you will. They, it's not as if the they, the actual porno tapes play a huge part in telling the story of your father, but they they're sort of a they're sort of a, in my opinion, it's kind of a device to get your attention first of all, and then secondly, they crack the door open, and then through that, you're able to dive in through your interviews with your family, your brother and your sister. Uh, and others, uh, you're able to sort of pull this back. And this is a film that reminds me of something I've thought for a long time, which is, you know, if I met my dad or my mom on the street and didn't know them, how would I feel about them? What would be my impression of them? Would they be somebody I would want to get to know more about? And And I think that as also, as you stated, another huge part of growing up is being able to see your parents as people independent of being your parents and see them the, for the flaws that they have and for the strengths that they have and appreciating them in a whole nother way, a whole nother appreciation for, for what they brought to your life and what they may not have brought to your life, but to, to have a, a fuller, more complete picture of them as people is an import, very important part of growing up, I think. And the fact that you, mm-hmm. you you sort of didn't get that chance to really get to know dad as not maybe not as drinking buddy, but as somebody who you who you would be able to relate to beyond just that particular very specific relationship of father and son. Yeah. And it, like if you were around state for me, I would probably be calling him quite often, you know, from you know, just catching up on things to advice to, you know, doing any kind of carpentry or home renovation stuff, I would probably be calling him and asking him, hey, how do I do this? But, you know, with certain things like that, I'm left on my own or I talk to my mom or, um, you know, that kind of continuity isn't there anymore. Yeah. Your dad's name. Let's let's tell our audience. Your, your mom, your dad, your brother and sister. Fill out the Terrell family here. So your dad's name. So my dad's name was Greg. Uh, my mom is Jennifer or Jenny, um, and she came from a very different family. She came from a family that was very celebratory and loving and encouraging of each other. A big family too. She's one of seven siblings. So kind of the polar opposite to my dad's family, which was a bit more you know, formal and, you know, restrictive. Um, And, yeah, then my oldest brother, Jeff, who's six years older than me, uh, he's now got two kids. Uh, He's out west in Edmonton, or Edmonton, Alberta, sorry. Um, And then my sister, Meg, who's two and a half years older than me, she lives right around the corner from my mom, Mm -hmm. and she's a librarian at a college. And by the way, who definitely does not want to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, got her. <laughs> Very funny. I thought that was terrific. Well, okay, so let's describe sort of the... And this film is about you sort of uncovering some things about not only your dad's life, but about his parents' life. This idea of the this sort of virus of un comfortable issues that are, that are get passed down from generation to generation mm-hmm. and your your experience is very similar to mine no one ever talked about that history I, there are things about my grandparents 
I barely know them. I mean, I feel like I barely knew who they were. Same with my great-grandparents might as well have been, you know, from the Roman times as far as I, I you know, as far as anything that I know much about them. And it's, it's funny how these, so from generation to generation, so little usable, vital information is passed along. Uh, and I, I think it's a sense of protecting our kids. Maybe that's why. Because we don't want their we we don't want our kids to know the horrible things about th- that happened to our parents and grandparents. Is that does that explain some of this, or not? So, I think some of it's generational. Like the generations kind of before us, it was a bit more, you know, something that you didn't talk about. And the ways that people didn't talk about money, whereas nowadays people are pretty open about what they make, and not in a braggy way, but kind of in a way to help understand each other. And I think that the fact that these conversations are happening now where, you know, family history and history of abuse is something that there's less taboo to talk about. I, I, I welcome that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as parents to their children, I mean, if you had a bad relationship with your mother and you have your little kids and, you know, for the most part, things are like you're still communicating with your mother and going over there for Christmas and stuff, you don't really tell your eight-year-old, you know, the dark secrets that she did to you and her father did to him, because that's, an eight-year-old's not really going to be as well-equipped to interpret that um, without, you know, wanting to stay away from their grandmother. So it's kind of like you you put that stuff aside to hopefully let a new and different relationship form that skips a generation, but sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and again, this is a it's a it's a uh, terrific watch. This film, uh, my dead dad's porno tapes, and you're right about all those things. And we, as a yeah, an eight year old, who wouldn't have any sort of context to understand that stuff. But even as you get older, as you're in your twenties, thirties, and even later forties, y- you you would it would be helpful. <laughs> this is information that I could, at some point, of I kind mm-hmm. of understand and and given. Uh, given empathy to to the relationships that that I that I was so frustrated by when I was growing up this is turning into a uh, uh, a, a session on the couch here for me and I apologize but these are oh, things that it, it, I, go ahead I, I have had lots of these conversations and <laughs> I welcome them and since the film went online all kinds of kind of incredibly incredibly uh, both kind and personal emails from complete strangers and that's the one thing that I wasn't expecting with this film is I wasn't expecting it to be as received as broadly as it has been I, I you know you're aware that a lot of people have these stories but yeah you know when you actually make the film and it gets out there a yeah. lot of people have these stories right yeah. like yeah. there's and no one is what, what's nice is uh you know, it's been a lot of people that, hey, I've never written some random stranger on the internet ever before, but that was my exact relationship with my father growing up, or that was my relationship with my mother growing up. And it's nice because you feel less alone, but it's also just curious that it's as far spread as it is. Yeah. One of the films about my dead dad's porno tapes is how creative it is. You, there's a lot of very in- interesting editing going on, as well as a lot of stop motion and the way that you use this I just really sets this film apart from not only just the issues we're talking about I mean but also it's puts it into this realm of, it's an extremely creative film 
Uh, you use a narrator to sort of uh, describe, you know, your life, your family's life story, and then along with it, an incredibly creative uh, amount of this stop motion. What 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 went into that decision? I mean, how did that sort of evolve in in the making of the film? Partly, again, it was somewhat born out of my own shyness, uh, not wanting to hear my own voice, not wanting to appear on camera, not really wanting my family to appear on camera because knowing that they wouldn't want to be. So there were kind of all these creative limitations that, you know, let it point in the direction that ended up. Uh, I've worked with some great stop motion animators and animators in general in the past, so it was kind of already in my wheelhouse. And more than that, I like the idea of I do have a finite amount of objects that belong to my dad. And, um, you know, it seems like over the years that pile dwindled and dwindled and dwindled as things, you know, Mm -hmm. get given away or tossed out. So I wanted to make something that was made completely of things that belong to him. You know, the, the team involved in this, they all brought their own particular skill set on board and I should note that you know everyone my my portion in making this film was just that it was a portion everyone else brought something different and unique to the table and you know from Michael Barker the editor to Phil Martha and Marty the animators and and on that note everyone is completely hireable and their names are in the credits and I do encourage anyone that is looking to hire that particular skill set to seek them out because yeah it was a really really wonderful team. Yeah. Joe Koopel, the sound designer, um, you know, he did some really amazing things with the animation and his, he's kind of perfect for the job because his day job is doing um, sound mixing for cartoons. So he was able to be playful with the sound design. Yeah, the other interesting thing, and I hope it's not out of place for me to say, but quite a few people on the crew have had some very, very similar relationships with their parents, even to the extent where quite a few of them also had fathers that passed away of similar illnesses at basically the exact same age I was. So I think with that, that brought kind of a different level to it where, you know, no one one was treating it as a job, or or at least I I like to think that. But yeah, it, it was really back to your original question. It was a matter of just having these creative limitations set up from the beginning and kind of, you know, when you work within a boundary like that, you, you know, your top line and it allowed us to really kind of do the best we could with what we had. Well, you did a remarkable job with this. And I want to remind our listeners that this is a film that is on the list for uh, consideration for the Academy Award or Best Short Doc. If people want to w- watch the film, is there a platform that they can see it on? Yep, it's um, the best place to check it out is it's uh, it got picked up by the New York Times Opdocs platform. Right. So it's if you you know if you just search my dead dad's porno tapes, it'll be one of the top hits. Uh, I apologize for any of the other uh, <laughs> more racy hits that you might get just because of. The word porno in that search engine but um yeah it, it'll show up oh yeah my dead dad's porno tapes and you can take the apostrophe out of dad's and you'll well maybe you can leave it in on your search engine but uh anyway one way or the other that's the website my dead dad's porno tapes.com you have a facebook page as well so you're uh, well stocked for uh, info for people who are looking for information about it 
and the uh, they go to NewYorkTimes.com/video, and it will it will pop up. I believe that'll help you. But New York Times is, by the way, their their um their opdocs are just it's a wonderful platform. It's provided a, a platform for a lot of very interesting documentary films over the last few years. They've really embraced it, and uh, it's become a great outlet for filmmakers for their work to be to be seen because this is not a form of short docs short narratives and short animation are difficult to get in front of the public uh, because there's just you're not going to go to a generally go to a theater and watch a series of short documentaries it's just kind of sort of a commercial mm -hmm. impediment uh, there are avenues i know that uh, there's a shorts tv on at least on my cable on direct tv you can watch a lot of really interesting and i always say this and it's true short docs short narratives and short animation films are some of the best films you'll see all year uh there's a certain yeah, there's and a, go ahead yeah oh, no no i just i i can i can talk for hours about how there's such incredible material out there in the short world and um yeah it, i think things are getting into a really good place with not only festivals but Things like New York Times Opdocs and Vimeo and, yeah. you know, all these other platforms that are making them available. Yeah. And, yeah, there's just, it seems like bottomless content out there that is better than most stuff that you could go to a theater for. Right. I, I, and I would say that one of the potential advantages of a short doc is that you're able to pack a lot of wallop, a lot of energy into a, the shorter forms. You can really hone the story down to its essence. And sometimes a, a documentary doesn't deserve a, or doesn't warrant a 90, 100 minute platform. Sometimes 20, 30, 10 minutes, whatever it might be, makes its point and makes it very effectively. And I, and I think uh, in the case of my dead dad's porno tapes. It's uh, that that's true. That is certainly true. So, uh, oh God, I would say that's the hardest part is to um, how to cut it down to get it as as short as you can. Because yeah, I, I think with so many shorts, especially short docs, is there is a feature film there. Um, it might not be as good as the short film you would make, but yeah, it is very very headachey and challenging to <laughs> cut it, it down but yeah you are right it, it does it does get into this really great boiled down form where you know there's no fat on it and <laughs> it is the story that it should be the film was uh my dead dad's porno tapes uh were nominated for a cinema eye awards for best nonfiction short it was shortlisted by the international documentary association for its awards uh as well as grand prize Grand Jury Award winner at the South by Southwest Film Festival. So it's been, it's a very well-regarded film. Um, my congratulations to you, Charlie, for your work in this. And uh, Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I look forward to more. Uh, so come back and join us when you, next project. I'd, I'd love to have you back on. Uh, um, and my congratulations to Canada. Can I just say this? Because... Canada's, yeah. Canada does such a wonderful job of supporting the arts, including filmmakers, including all kinds of artistic expression. It's so wonderful that you have you're in a in a culture in a in a country where where artists are 
are celebrated and supported in ways that they we simply do not do in the United States. And so um, my hat's off to uh, to Canada. <laughs> that I'll let right? the bosses know that you said that. <laughs> Please, at the next meeting, tell everyone that that, that guy, <laughs> guy in America thinks we're doing okay. Well, Charlie Terrell, thank you again for your work here, My Dead Dad's Porno Tapes. It, it is a terrific film. And I, I, again, come back and join us again with the next project. Love to have you. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I would love to be back. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.